and you're listening to Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. I made a bit of a uh, special pod for us, um, you know, with the girls playing their first match last night, well, I should say ladies, um, you know, playing their first match for the club last night and a big win over the Hawks, which was great to see and yeah, really, you know, really filled us up with some Real pride watching those girls go really hard for the game. Absolutely, mate. And, uh, yeah, we can reinstate the greatest Australian football team because uh, they were fantastic last night. It was a really, uh, like, I, I have to say, like, I found it really hard to engage with the AFLW like, because Essendon didn't have a, a team there. You know, you'd feel dirty barracking for, <laughs> for another club's colours, mate. Um, so, yeah, seeing the, um, the Essendon team out there was, was fantastic and, I have to say, I came in with some. Um, I guess it's the unknown of you know what quality, what level of um, you know, and what brand of football is going to be played on the night. But I have to say, um, I was really impressed, mate. Um, they they went bloody hard, like both sides. I have to say, um, you know, Hawthorne certainly came out, um, yeah, pretty aggressively, and we seemed to um, yeah, withstand that uh, to a degree. Um, yeah, before we finally were able to. Um, you know, pull away in that last quarter. Uh, but certainly it was a it was a real tussle and um yeah, quite a lot of pressure. And I think um the the one thing I thought was yeah absolutely fantastic was obviously there was the uh yeah move to Marvel campaign and um yeah they ended up doing that and yeah it got over twelve thousand uh to the game mate and you know I reckon uh clubs like North haven't got that for for their blokes team for for some time. So <laughs> um yeah seeing um, yeah, both sides of supporters really get around it uh, was absolutely fantastic. It really was. And, you know, uh, I found it uh, almost comical, but in a way, yeah, really uh, outside thinking uh, by the Hawthorne coach, Beck Goddard. Mm. I don't know if you heard about this, mate, but she made a stop at Bunnings. <laughs> <laughs> she got a couple of bags of sand. Mm. And produced to uh, you know, pour them onto the floor of Marvel Stadium, <laughs> and the the old line in the sand range, which is uh been thrown around a bit uh in the last you know week or two from our new president, and and in response the Hawks brought out the line in the sand, and it was played at a real high intensity, and um, you know I I'll tell you what mate, I've found it one of my New favourite bomber players in uh, Madison Prasparkas, mate. Uh, I was really impressed with her, and she was actually under an injury uh, cloud to play in this game. Mm. Um, but yeah, she just dominated. She's just so strong, and uh, you know, I was really impressed. And like, obviously, I'd heard her basically winning the equivalent to the Brownlow in the AFLW, and I could see why. She's, yeah, yeah, and three best and fairest at Carlton, I believe. Yeah. Um, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, look, and yeah, you could see the passion she had. Mm. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah, a few tears after the game, and, and that's the stuff. Like, I love to see that as a fan. Um, but also just the way she attacked the footy, and it wasn't just you know she wasn't a front runner. Um, so many times she went down back to to help out offenders. Um, yeah, get it out of there, and obviously then later on she drifted forward and yeah kicked that brilliant goal to to ice the game. Um, so she's an absolute jet. Um, yeah, there was quite a few girls, um, 
that I was yeah really impressed with. Um, yeah, obviously, I will we'll speak about them um, a bit later. But um, yeah, you get the the ones that might be you know less celebrated. Um, you know, in terms of the stat sheet, and certainly yeah, I'm getting to know who the players are and all the rest of it. I thought um, uh, Sophie Van Hoevel, um, you know, played a pretty good game. Um, yeah, Catherine Phillips um, seemed a, a pretty steady head out there. Danielle Marshall um, played quite well. I thought that uh, Georgia G, you know, she didn't, uh, you know, light up the stat sheet over the nine possessions, but she just seemed to have a bit of spark about her. Um, and uh, uh, obviously uh, Stephanie Kane, uh, she seemed to have a pretty quiet, um, you know, first half at least, but in that second half, particularly that fourth quarter, uh, she really started getting involved. So, um, uh, some some great stuff, and obviously we'll uh, speak about a few more later on. We'll do the votes, but um, no, nah, absolutely brilliant to see. And then just on that, um, with with Beck Goddard, Jamie, obviously the opposition coach. Um, however, that's the sort of stuff again you love as a fan, like that out of the box thinking. That's the stuff that you know enamors um, you know, fans to um to a coach, and obviously you know us Essendon fans were enamored to uh, Kevin Sheedy for all the out of the box thinking he's done over the year. It's that passion. It's that, you know, using whatever you can um, to get the players up and about. If it's going to Bunnings and spending 20 bucks on a couple of bags of sand, and that's the thing that will get your players up and about. Because remember, like before this game, everyone was saying, no, nah, Hawthorne are going to be the cellar dwellers. Um, you know, very inexperienced side. Uh, don't see them winning many games this season. But they played at a really competitive level, Jane. Um, so well done to to Bet Goddard and and um, I suppose their coaching team and and I suppose their seniors leaders around the uh, the club there because they really brought it up to us. Yeah, particularly that first few quarters. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, as much um, yeah, I will have to say like I, I came into the game you know a bit of hesitation. You know, what kind of level, what kind of passion am I going to get um, as a fan? Um, yeah, I thought that absolutely showcased the AFLW um, as a really good uh, brand footy. Um, yeah, the, the fans were passionate. Um, and, you know, that's the stuff um, we love. You know, f- football, uh, for me, like, yeah, I'm obviously, um, yeah, it's a bit more of a religion. It's your, it, it's your identity. It's who you are. It's, and it's very tribal. Um, yeah, so the stat sheet never tells a story and it's that kind of um i suppose personality that um that comes out through uh, stories like this that um yeah I, I just love as a as a fan um and very happy our girls were able to uh yeah get over that and um yeah kick away at the end for a, for a bombers win yeah and i got to say uh it really goes to show look this is the first game that it's seen many of these women play we're at a club, but as soon as you see that sash on the black strip, um, yeah, just yeah, they're bomber players in my eyes, and um, yep. yeah, I really followed every bump and every uh, every kick, and yeah, it just goes to show that that jumper means something, you know, it gravitates mm. to you, uh, you know, and it's something that you know, I, I'm sure if I was out and watching the wheelchair team play. Mm. Just to see the bomber colours uh, make you go that way um, to have a look and really support them. Got to say, mate, um, it's been a big week for the Bombers um, mm-hmm. since our last show and 
you know, we'll come back to the women, but uh, let's talk about some of the big news that's happened off field. And obviously, you know, we now have learnt after the board meeting last Sunday um, that uh, Ben Rutten was, well, eventually lost his position at the club. Uh, you know, and we all agree no one's going to dispute it was, was not handled badly, like, of course, it was. Uh, but I believe the right decision was made. And I've said to you a few times, mate, I, I've been going to Essendon Games weekly almost for 30 years. So I've seen a lot of footy. Mm. I've yep. seen a lot of the style we play. Uh, you know, obviously, this last 18 years hasn't been fun, not winning a final and, and all of that. But it was more just the team structure and the, and the team... Uh, the way that it played, but just gave me no faith going forward that if Ben Rutten had have survived and uh, and coached out his last season, that this could turn around. And and although it's you know going to be a, a quite a big process as we've learned, mm. um, I truly believe the next coach at Essendon has got a pretty good list to work with. And if they can get their game structure right, you know we won seven games this year, mate. Mm. Uh, you know, you need about another five or so to, to make the finals. That's definitely achievable with a, if you get buy-in by the players and a much better coaching style. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at our, um, I suppose, our list demographic, it's it's not great in terms of, you know, uh, senior leaders and, um, you know, as has been sort of widely reported, only three blokes over the age of 28. And obviously one of those dies at Heppel. The other two um, are... Uh, Phillips and Shield. Phillips and Shield. Obviously, mm. Jackie Stringer is getting up there. Um, Shield obviously is is good in terms of um, uh, driving his own standards, whatever. I'm not sure um, how much of a leader he's in terms of getting guys to jump on his back. I haven't seen that to a degree, so I don't think he's a he's a great leader or a natural leader uh, in and of himself. Um, but he does, you know, obviously drive held himself to high standards. Um, as for Phillips, he's a he's an honest trier, Jane. Um, mm. But again, not the sort of bloke who's uh, going to sort of carry blokes. He's um, got to be able to get out to blokes and say, "Up, do this, that, and the other." Um, he he just simply doesn't have the credits in the bank, I, I think. Um, and as for Jackie Stringer, well, he's he's very much a an individual. Um, he's he's very good at you know getting the team up and about when he's kicked a goal and you know, getting excitement from the crowd, but he's not the kind of bloke who, you know, would get, get out to a yelling player and, ah, come on, mate, we need to lift. Um, so in terms of actual leaders, uh, yeah, we're pretty bereft um, there. Um, but our talent-wise um, for players, you know, 25 and under, I think we are pretty well um, set up. It'll be interesting to see the, uh, I suppose, the complete, uh, list after we've you know, done all exit interviews and um, heading into the trade period as to who stays and um, who goes. Um, yes, obviously movements there, but it's all purely speculation at this point in time. Um, but yeah, absolutely. There's a lot to work with for a, a new coach coming in to um, bring in their brand of football, uh, but it absolutely does require that level of buy-in um, that unfortunately Ben Rutten, and his coaching team haven't been able to uh, inculcate the side. Um, and uh, so that's, I suppose, the, the big challenge. Um, we need 
uh, I suppose, a coach that has the strength, um, the knowledge and the ability to, um, you know, uh, I suppose, brief a game plan to the players that they've got to be able to follow and then to get that buy-in that they will follow that game plan um, when the whips get cracking and indeed uh, to have a plan A, plan B, plan C for when things don't work out 100% right or when, you know, the opposition obviously um, puts things in place to go against your game plan. So, um, yeah, certainly a lot to, um, you know, roll out of the next few weeks and the, um, uh, I suppose, the review that's going on, um, but certainly a lot to work with uh, in my humble opinion. Yeah. Well, uh, three players that won't be part of the coach's new game plan is um, obviously had a couple of delistings already. Uh, probably... Uh, Tom, uh, sorry, Tom McDonald, Tommy Cutler um, mm. was the big one. You know, the, I think the old Essendon would have just given him another year, yep. you know, because he played a number of senior games and when he played in the VFL, he collected high possessions and, and so forth. So mm. that was kind of a bit of a change, I was, you know, whereas I would have thought that would have been an Essendon move to, to stick with this player. Yeah. Um, but that was quite a ruthless cut and I thought, well, that's – Gives you an idea that they're, you know, what they're after. They're, you know, they're not just going to pay it unconditionally. And um, obviously, you know, Tom Hurd, uh, unfortunately, mm. let go by the club, and we never got the opportunity to play him. And you know, like in a season we just had, uh, that's where I think Truck and the match committee kind of missed an opportunity because yeah. um, you know, like we were playing Braden Ham week after week sometimes. You know, you may have got a few more bumps on seats even. And from what I saw from her, look, he, he did look uh, a bit undersized and, you know, he probably didn't have the, the jet uh, pace that you need to play a small forward role. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what did we have to lose? And, and if you drag a few more bums on seats because you're playing it, uh, I think sometimes, the, you know, the match committee should look more like that. And particularly when we're playing ham and he was particularly getting, you know, continually under 10 disposals per game. So Yeah, well, under uh, five. Yeah, well, that's right. I've probably been generous there. But, you know, I would have liked to see him. And then, obviously, we all thought it was a strange selection last year when we drafted uh, Gareth McDonough, uh, mm. you know, <laughs> in the national draft. Uh, yeah. I, and I actually learned something this week. I used to think that if you were drafted in the national draft, you had to get a two-year contract, but mm. uh, that's not the case, uh, particularly if you're in uh, over 25 age, which was uh, Gareth, and um, mm. yeah, they made their mind up. And, and I think the most telling thing on him was that when we had all those players uh, pull out of the game against the Hawks, uh, yeah. those five late changes, uh, he was one of the players training on the field prior to the game. Mm. And the fact that we went with a very skinny... Alice the Lord mm-hmm. sub that night and overlooked someone who plays similar position, uh, who's you know <laughs> twenty six years old. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that was his paper stamp then. There. Well, particularly the the guys that were out. I, I think yeah, from memory there was uh, Dylan Shield. Uh, not uh, Dev Smith. Well, yeah. yeah. No, Joe Smith came in. Sorry, he, well, there, was, there was a there was at least two two or three half backs. Um, 
that I remember. And like half back is a position that Garrick never played. Mm-hmm. Um and they didn't bring him in. So yeah, absolutely right, James. Um sounds like his papers were stamped pretty early. Um but I guess for um you know for McDonough, look, um good on him for like giving it his all. Um yeah, a bloke who you know worked his butt off to um yeah do his apprenticeship and like keep at his footy and um take the um initiative to you know reach out to you know I know I can make it at AFL level and you know you're just gonna give me a chance and um we did take a punt on him. Um it didn't work out but um yeah I think he can put his head down at night going I, I gave him all there's nothing more I could have done. Unfortunately he wasn't able to perform um to the level that yeah perhaps um he he thought he was able to. Obviously, we've seen enough of him to say, well, maybe he's worth a punt because of that uh, lethal left leg we're all told about. But he wasn't able to perform um, to any sort of satisfactory standard uh, at VFL level, let alone AFL. And the same goes for uh, for Heard. Um, look, and honestly, the um, the dream from all of us would have been that um, yeah, he would have come in and um, kicked a couple of goals. Everyone loved him and, um, you yeah, know, Live happily ever after with a yeah a couple of flags against his name. Unfortunately, he had good games here and there, um, but he wasn't able to string together any form of consistency. Um, so uh, yeah, pretty ruthless call to drop him. Yes, we would have loved to see him um, picked in the side, but at the end of the day, if he's not up to it, um, not not up to AFL standard, um, yeah, we can't keep. I suppose, carrying blokes, even if their name is heard. Um, so that was pretty good there. As for Tommy Cutler, I fully agree with you there, James. Because um, we've said it all along that, um, you know, he's got all the tools to be a great AFL footballer. He's got that point of difference with his marking ability, his long foot, his, his running capacity. Um, but he does have a lack of um, desire to get involved in the contest, put his head over the footy. And that, I think, um, is potentially... You know, one of the big reasons uh, he hasn't seen himself uh, get another contract. Um, I'm really hoping this means Essendon is, you know, going to be a lot more ruthless uh, with a lot more decisions. Um, who gets a game or not? Um, the the type of players we want to bring in and potentially is flagging that, um, you know, we want to open up a lot more list spots to bring blokes in off, you know, um, yeah, free agency period, uh, pick up some senior um, yeah, senior minds, senior bodies um, to provide a bit of leadership to our young blokes um, coming through because uh, that's certainly an area that um, is starkly lacking on our list makeup at the moment. Uh, so all those changes on the list are fully um, in behind. Um, and the I suppose on the flip side, in terms of guys we've kept, uh, we saw Matty Guelphy sign a two-year deal, mate. Very happy with that. Yeah, well deserved. He's certainly uh, yeah, put his all into this season. You know, mm. I thought he was well rewarded. And it was only a couple of years ago, mate. I remember uh, it was being floated heavily that he was going back to WA. So yep. it's great that he's been able to turn around. I think he's got a really strong relationship with, uh, you know, obviously big drapes. And, um, mm. you know, so it's good that he's going to be part of the club going forward for the next couple of years. Payne yep. Corns has just given the players a bit of a whack, mate. Here, here we go. Uh, he's come out and he said, the only successful thing the Essendon players have planned this year is the footy trip. So, uh, 
and he's given them a real whack and said, uh, yeah, if there was any um, anyone who was thinking that, uh, yeah, it's just the coach's fault, uh, they need to look at their players as well, which yep. you know, I think we can all admit with that. Yep. Um, and uh, that's part of the reason why we're going down the route of uh, searching for a new coach. Mm. Mate, uh, we've heard about the process that has been put in place and some uh, funny names coming in. Uh, I thought it was a joke at first when I read the names. I was thinking uh, someone's uh, edited this uh, email. <laughs> I'm reading names like Robert Walls and then uh, Jordan Lewis, and they both love to... Um, Obviously, have a bit of a crack at us over the years. Well, uh, I suppose especially... we should. Um, suppose we should uh, yeah go back a little bit, James, like and talk about the yeah the the reason for the review, like the external review, is is what Jamie's talking about here, um, and that people got to be involved in conducting uh, that external review. Um, so yeah, sorry, mate. I just thought I'd introduce that before yeah, we. Uh... Well, yeah. So this is uh, almost separate to that as well, though, because that there's a, they're doing the coaching. Uh, subcommittee, isn't it, like this one that we're talking about. Mm. And the other one is uh, done more by the, uh, I think it's, did I read it was a... a oh, Ernst & Young. Course. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, so, the, oh, so these ones aren't involved in that external review. All right, no worries. I'll, no, so I'll stand yeah, corrected and shut my damn mouth. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's all right. It was, it's just that the, I knew one of the big four was doing the external review. Yep. Uh, this is... Uh, interestingly... Um, uh, what's his name? Bolton is uh, uh, yeah, quite a senior employee at um, Ernst and Young. So you wonder if he um, Mark Bolton is it? Mark Bolton, yep, the old number twenty-three. Yeah, hopefully, and it sounds like his performance is a lot better than it used to be in the red and black, mate. Um, <laughs> I remember, like, and people used to. I remember going to a family day years ago, James. Mm. Gary O'Donnell was introducing some of the players, and uh, he introduced Mark Bolton as the most talented bloke at the club. Mm. Um, but his decision-making and kicking, I just remember going, bloody bolts! <laughs> but yeah. um, no, it sounds like he's quite a respected um, uh, footy mind. Uh, he's done some amazing things for the community too. Uh, I don't know if you know, but he put a lot of time into the homeless and so forth, so really admirable traits of his. Um, but, yeah, we kind of drafted him. I always remember really high draft pick and, uh, we he was much taller than most uh, mids back in those days. This one again after one of those big bodied midfielders. Big bodied mid. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't a half fun. back first, was he? <laughs> well, he did actually play some time there, but <laughs> he, <laughs> he actually, um, you know, was you know one of Sheedy's uh, real favourites. I think you know felt like he could get to a really high level. Yep. Um, and look, he was a great clubman. Uh, probably didn't have the success on the field that he would have liked, but he's certainly got a number of years on our clubs. So I don't yeah. know how many years in total, but it, mm. it felt like he was around for a long time. So, um, yeah, if he's involved, obviously he knows about the, uh, the footy club, probably not the new footy club in terms of, uh, you know, the last, you know, 10, 15 years, but at least prior to that. And I'd say that, you know, these kind of review uh Probably one thing we can touch on, mate, the the four board members that actually uh, vacated their spots, um, mm. some not uh, immediately, but uh, we know that Simon Madden and Paul Brasher are both um, now resigned, uh, effective yep. immediately. Yep. And then we know uh, 
Peter Allen, our finance, uh, the yeah, finance chief finance officer. Yeah. Now he um is not going to go to Rio apparently. Um, he is uh, going to for another job, but um yeah he's uh he's been on the board for a long time and he will still, still call Australia home. <laughs> That's right. I'll still say. <laughs> <laughs> he'll still call Australia home. And of course um, we've got Sean Wellman, who's our football uh, director. Yeah. yeah, football director. He he is staying on until he's replaced. Mm. Uh, and anyone who's seen that footage of uh, trucking the ga- uh, rooms after the game, uh, it was quite easily to identify who was aligned to uh, truck. It had uh, all of those board members I just mentioned, mm-hmm. as well as Xavier Campbell, who also resigned in the end, mate. Yep. Uh, so, you know, and I actually, if you watch the footage closely, uh, I saw Sean Wellman and... Uh, you could actually lip read him, mate. He was shaking his head and talking to one of the wives there and you could hear him, or you couldn't hear him, but you could see him mouth. It's not right. So, uh, you know, and that may be in reference to something else, but uh, now that they're all basically out, I think they've strongly disagreed with the with the decision, which we all know. And, um, you know, it's good that they don't feel aligned that they've, are going to give the opportunity to Dave Barham to get a you know United team and mm. part of the external review, mate. They're talking about is if we have too many on the board, we had mm. end uh, yeah. maybe as before we fill these spots, uh, actually see externally how many they think should be on the board. Mm. Uh, so you know I think seven's a great number yeah. because it's you know. Uh, it's a good number, yeah. Being an odd, so that you can actually, if you do have something that needs to go to a vote, that you have a, a consensus. But also, the second one is that you know, if you get ten, it's hard to get. I would imagine the board meetings must go for a while if everyone wants to have a say too. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Um, yeah, especially some of the personalities. Uh, within that board, I imagine they're pretty strong. Um, so, yeah, interesting there. And I, like, I've, I think the biggest uh, domino to fall there is obviously Xavier, Xavier Campbell. Um, you know, and the the board had, uh, you know, extended his contract with the club as CEO for another two years earlier in the year in very hush hush manner. Now, it's since come out, and I, I don't know if it actually came out earlier, Jane, but it certainly only came to my attention recently that um, that effectively was. Uh, that extension was done by Paul Brasher. Exactly. That's un- what I've unbe- heard. Unbeknownst to the rest of the board. Yeah, um, they were apparently shocked when they first heard, or some of the members were shocked, I should say. Hmm. Uh, maybe not the four that are vacating, but I'm sure the chief finance uh, person was uh, definitely across it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I think some of the others were quite surprised uh, without, you know, the board signing off on that. Mm. Yeah, so... And I, I do have to say, look, you know, when Xavier came in as CEO, um, you know, we were, we were literally on our knees uh, financially. Um, obviously, the not only the massive, um, I suppose, sanction, yeah, sanction like $2 million um, or so, but also we'd, we'd only just started, or realistically only just started the development of, um, uh, of the hangar uh, and we were seeking uh, grants and everything like that. 
um, for it. Um, and yeah, obviously reached us to our reaching us reaching out to us fans. Oh, can you you know put in some money for the hangar? Um, and you know through um, Xavier Campbell's leadership um, and ability to attract um, sponsors, because remembering all our sponsors dropped us, Jane. Um, mm. And uh, yeah. well, some stayed. I think some stayed. Some stayed, but like that yeah. required a lot of work behind the scenes, and I would yeah. say a lot from Xavier Campbell um, to you know rebuild trust in our brand um, mm. to say no, 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 we are a um, good club to to get behind. Um, he has absolutely um, yeah been a pivotal part of keeping it Essendon um, you know commercially viable. Um, and bring a lot of, um, yes, further sponsors into the club to get us to the point where we are today. We're we're very financially strong. We've paid off our, our debt in developing the hangar. Um, you know, we've been able to afford other programs such as the you know putting money in and time into the VFLW and now the AFLW um, uh, yeah, side of the club. Um, he has done a lot to. Um, yeah, get Essen in, into a much stronger position. And as um, Xavier Campbell pointed out, um, you know, in, in that sort of exit speech, you know, he hasn't left Essendon in a poor financial position. He hasn't left Essendon in a, um, in a shambles in terms of like the actual list or, or anything like that. Um, salary cap's good. Salary cap's good. Um, so he has done a lot good. And I think that should be remembered because, um, yep, yeah, we've been openly critical um, of him and his ability to, um, oh, I suppose his on his football decisions, I think yeah, more his football that. decisions. I, I think absolutely we should be critical of that. Um, however, we should always remember that he done a lot to um, keep Essendon afloat during those years. Um, so I think, yeah, for me speaking as a supporter, I can't thank him enough for that. But for the football success of the club, um, we've dug ourselves out of that hole, and it's time to move on. Um, to focusing purely on success on the field, um, which we have been starved of as a supporter base for you know, 20 years now, James. Um, so we thank you know, Xavier Campbell, Simon Madden, um, John Wellman, uh, Peter Allen, and um, you know, Paul Brasher for their contributions. Um, but, um, and I think it speaks well of them that they're all willing to go, look, I'm not aligned in this vision. Um, and it's best for me to step aside so that uh, Dave Barham and, and the rest of the team uh, can get on with business and, and put forward the agenda that they see as um, bringing Essen forward. So um, yeah, it's so, really it's really good that they did that because uh, it's saying he's not a chance to be united on the board. Mm. And you know uh, we've got a you know a lot of people wanted to throw uh, barbs at Dave Barham when he started like. Probably his first press conference wasn't great and, yeah. uh, you know, came across very defensive. Obviously, uh, you know, people were saying, oh, it's like I've just wandered into the pub and, and some bloke who's been having a few beers and uh, is speaking on behalf of the club. But mm-hmm. I've got to say, everything he's done, it's been what he said he was going to do. Yep. And they're the best kind of people you want to work with. Uh, you know, when they say, I'm an agent for change, well, he's achieved change. You know, everything he said, and, you know, I'm in a very similar situation to him, you know, obviously not financially, I wish I was, but um, <laughs> but more so in the case that he actually referenced, he said, I've got a 21-year-old daughter. 
Mm. She has no memory of this and ever being successful. Yeah. You know, uh, we can't wait any longer. And, you know, I've got the same I think My daughters are, you know, 24, 22 and 20. So, you know, and all of them, even my eldest one, uh, you know, when you're talking about being basically, you know, only two, <laughs> two years old when we won the flag, they're yeah. not going to have great memories of that. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I mean. So I really believe he's doing the right thing by the club. Yeah. So, uh, Mate, have you got that list? Why don't we uh, formally say the people of uh, all the ones that are going to be doing the coaching selection? Have you got that email? I've got um, so, um, yeah, as you started mentioning before, I rudely cut you off, mate. Um, <laughs> so it was, um, uh, yeah, obviously Robert Walls. Um, you had uh, Jordan Lewis. Um, there Dorothy Hillsgrove, I believe she's a board member who... Uh, uh, is I think she might even work for PwC. Like, um, yep. uh, so that's another one. Uh, you got uh, Simone McInnes. Um, She's got a sporting background, I believe. Uh, yeah, so um, I can't remember what song. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure she played in two different sports nationally, um, if I remember. Yeah, um, Premiership winning captain uh, represented Australia on 63 occasions in netball. Yeah. Um, so pretty good there. And obviously, uh, Andrew Thorburn, um, yeah, bringing a lot of, uh, I suppose, business um, knowledge. Um, uh, and as you say, club director, Dorothy Hisgrove, um, for her part in that. Um, as and well Josh as Josh uh, Marnie. Yeah, Josh Marnie, who's a, effectively the chair um, of that uh, of that group. So some, some serious players, um, you'd have to say, Jane. Um, yeah, so um, it's going to be interesting to see how they, uh, you know, how they go about the process. Like, who's going to apply? Mm. Are we making calls? And yeah, you know, I imagine it's a bit of both. I'm, I'm sure they'll get some interest, despite what the public will say. No one wants to go there, mm. um, as Koshi would say. But when uh, when asked about uh, if Ken Hinckley would think about coming to Essendon, they he said, uh, "Tell them they're dreaming." Mm. Uh, why would he want to go to a club like that? You know, really just grading stuff. And, uh, mm. you know, uh, Koshy's, uh always speaks his mind and is, he's certainly got no love for us. And you know, the only way we can change that perception maybe is by, uh, you know, getting this decision right and start beating his club. Yeah, absolutely. But, but uh, I think, you know, look, the, the names that we've heard so far, obviously, uh you know, James Hurd's name won't go away. Mm. Uh, he spoke at a coterie event on Thursday night. Uh, $3,500 a head, mate, to attend. <laughs> I was going to come, but I just uh, couldn't make it that day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, a little yeah. the car, <laughs> But he was a key speaker there. Uh, now, it was pre-arranged, so it wasn't like, a, uh, it wasn't like he was just uh, catching up with them unannounced and mm. trying to build up a position of power. It was pre-arranged and Bomber Thompson had spoken at a previous event. So it's all about celebrating the 150th year. Mm. But I dare say, I'm sure the conversation at some stage was directed to that, uh, especially, you know, individually. Uh, yeah. Paul, Little, Paul Little was there. Mm. So, uh, you know, it would be very interesting to see, you know, uh, Matthew Lloyd came out 
on the radio and he, he said uh, James hasn't made up his mind yet if he is going to commit to it. But if he does, he will 100% go right through all the different uh, avenues he has to do. Mm. So I think, um, you know, he's a name obviously that won't go away. Uh, and then you've got Ross Lyon, who was asked on Footy Classified, uh, would he be interested? And without getting a direct answer, uh, he wanted to be, he had, he's, I think he used the words, I'm nervous. No, I'm, I'm cautious. Yeah, he's wary. Wary and cautious, that's right. And, uh, yeah, he said, oh, maybe someone, you know, he's got a lot of respect for Dave Barham, obviously worked with him previously in the in the media outside, uh, outtakes. And he said that, uh, yes, he um, he has a lot of respect for Dave Barham. So if he could actually mitigate some of his concerns, which I took to be like, well, Dave offers me the job, I'd probably take it. <laughs> I don't think he's going to get that golden ticket. Uh, and then Leon Cameron was on uh, his SEN's uh, crunch time yesterday, and he was asked, and Leon Cameron, Cameron said that he uh, would have to weigh that up. He'd have to you know, discuss with his family and see if he's uh, got the energy to go through a process that could take five or six weeks. And uh, yeah, so he was non committal either way. And then I guess the other names you hear is Adam Uze. Uh, you know, like unlucky to miss out on the GWS job by all accounts. Uh, you know, and then names like Justin Lepage, our own Blake Carousella. Uh, but uh, yeah, it'll be very interesting. And Josh Marty spoke on ABC yesterday and he clarified the, uh, the the quote by Dave Barham was saying we think a more experienced coach would benefit our players. Mm. Uh, he said that doesn't mean to be at uh, senior level, like it could be, you know, an assistant coach as well. So that kind of doesn't rule out any of the assistants that have been long serving. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, so like lots of little things being floated, but at this stage nothing that we even know officially who's applied. Uh, and I'm sure we'll, I'm sure there'll be media reports throughout the week. Um, we'll start to get a bit of an idea of who's there. Um, but man, what, what, do you, what do you think of those names, mate? Anything jump out at you there? Uh, I suppose I suppose a few. And I guess, yeah, I think all of us have um, done this over the course of the week. You think about the pros and cons of each candidate. Um I will say quickly that um, from that sort of dinner event uh, with the uh, you know the high rollers uh, where Jimmy Heard um, yeah gave a gave a speech or was a keynote speaker, I find it fascinating that um, there hasn't been any news from that. There haven't been any leaks about what's discussed, um, and generally there has been sort of rumblings about oh this person was there and they said this or, or that kind of thing. Um, so it sounds like the the club's got a really tight rein on, um, you know, leaks, um, you know, within the coteries as well as, um, at board level, and I think that's only a good thing, um, because certainly speculation doesn't help, um, as much as you know, us as fans we want to know everything all the time, um, so I thought that's been fascinating in terms of the um names floated, um, you know, Leon Cameron, um, doesn't um. You know, it doesn't inspire me as a as a choice. Um, Adam Uze, I haven't seen um, 
you know, anything from him. Um, obviously, everyone speaks well of his um, professionalism. He's, yeah, you know, sounds like he's quite highly respected. Um, but um, yeah, I guess I can't really comment uh, apart from anything from there. Um, Ross Lyon's been an interesting one because yeah, you know, when that name was first raised in connection with the club, I thought, oh, no way, no thank you. I don't want to watch an ugly brand of football. Um, you know. He's like if we thought the press conferences of Westfold and and uh Rutten have been boring, bloody hell, like Ross Lyon, uh, <laughs> just about put us to sleep. But then, like, I think, oh, come on, mate, uh, you now you remember this one? <laughs> Is that the best question you've got after two and a half hours of football? <laughs> You're quite brilliant, Shane. Yeah, well, that's the thing, but like, he um, you don't have to remember, he took yeah, two clubs, uh, two grand finals. Um, you know, Fremantle and, and St Kilda, who haven't had a lot of success in, in recent years. Um, so, uh, and one thing I, I guess that we really want as as fans is for our players to have accountability put on them to say, you know, look, we all get it. Like everyone's form can fluctuate, um, but to put it on them to have responsibility for their performance. And I think Ross Lyon would um, definitely... Do that to get you know uh, better performances out of them, more consistent performances out of them. Um, yeah, they they speak about um, yeah Ross Lyon and his uh, treatment of Garrick Ibbotson, uh, the half back there, and uh, yeah during a preseason game against Adelaide, um, he didn't chase a tackle during that game, um, and Ross Lyon refused to pick him uh, in the AFL for weeks. Um, he made him win back that respect to go, no, if you're not willing to, you know, put in the effort for a tackle, why am I going to trust you in that line of defence um, where it's so, um, you yeah, know, pertinent that we do chase, we do tackle, we do pressure, um, which I think is fantastic. And, you know, I, I kind of question, you know, if Ross Lyon was at the helm, would those performances earlier of, you know, Parrish, uh, Shield, Stringer, where um, they didn't chase, they didn't run both ways, would that have been allowed to go on as long as it did? I would highly doubt it. Um, so I've come around to, to that idea. I do feel, um, look, I have to say, like from my background, um, someone who isn't willing to put them up to um, uh, a process for fear they, they might look silly, that says to me that... Um, you know they're not they're not willing to be scrutinised themselves um, and put themselves up as a candidate. I I think that squibs um, uh, the question of you know why process is there to see who the best candidate is. If you think you're above the process, um, that to me reeks of someone I, I don't want um, leading the club because how are you supposed to you know say to the players you know I want you to be accountable when you're not be you're not willing to be accountable to a process yourself. Um, that's the way I, I guess I see it. Um, you know, Jimmy Heard, obviously, yeah, I, I'd love that. Um, but he would have to go through the process. And I think having um, that uh, sort of subcommittee to, to look at the coach um, and people who have been openly critical of Essendon and rightly critical of Essendon, you know, including Jordan Lewis, including Robert Walls, um, you know, I think that would be absolutely... Um, Beneficial, especially you know, Robert Walls, who we'd have um, no love lost for the Essendon Football Club. Uh, and he is a person that 
you know, lodge him or, or hate him. Um, he speaks his mind, um, which I think is exactly what Essendon needs um, uh, currently. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure through the process, um, yeah, it gives you greater certainty that the a, a better choice will be made. You can never say yeah, 100% whether the right choice will be made. Um, but, uh, yeah, if James Hearn has gone through this process and, and that subcommittee signs off on it, I would be more open to say, yeah, okay, yeah, um, that seems like a legitimate process. Um, uh, so, yeah, don't want to come into it with any sort of uh, preemptive decisions or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure other names will come out in time. You know, Dean Solomon is one that's been uh, raised. Uh, uh, Spike McVay. Uh, another one potentially. So, plenty of names been um, raised about. Well, I guess we'll see in the coming weeks who um, you know, says they're all in, all out, or all of the above. Um, so, certainly a lot to uh, yeah digest over the coming weeks. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, in lieu of us not playing finals, at least uh, we'll be talking about Essendon deep into September, uh, especially thanks to the ladies' teams as well. And, uh, and obviously... <laughs> With uh, the coaching search uh, and obviously the findings of the external review, uh, so lots of things to look out for, and I think it's just uh, going to be it's going to be interesting how this process is run. Uh, any names? Is there any left field names that we haven't seen? Uh, are they going to try and poach someone? You know, which is unlikely. You would think. You know, Ken Hinckley was probably the one that. Was under the most pressure at Port, who's you know respected, only got one year to run there. Uh, so the, the theory was that if Bessett came with a five year deal, would uh, Hinkley uh, take an offer like that? Um, another person that's mentioned is Don Pike. Mm. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, that camp is really hurting him, mate. And I know, uh, you know people scoff and go, "Oh, you're considering her and look at him." Um, yeah, I'm not saying you don't consider him, but certainly something that, uh, you know, the club's after fresh air. Mm. I don't think they want to put themselves into that. And the only thing, going back to Ross Lyon, mate, uh, Mark Harvey, I wonder how he'd feel. Uh, if you remember, <laughs> <laughs> he certainly, uh, certainly uh, some devious things going on back then when uh, Ars lost his job and, and found out through the media rather than... Mm. Uh, than the club and, and the coach himself. So, uh, yeah, lots of things, you know, entwined, uh, yeah. especially, you know, footy personalities and so forth. Mm. So, yeah, I think, yeah, it'll be just to watch this space. But, uh, yeah, I'd be very interested to seeing how it runs out. I really hope we find our, yeah, potential next premiership coach, mate, out of this process. So, yeah. yeah. So the other thing is that, you know, there's obviously been rumours of Josh Marnie and and uh, Adrian Dodoro having a bit of a fallout. Mm. Uh, Josh kind of uh, uh, addressed that on the ABC, in, uh, sorry, in the conversation yesterday with the ABC where he said that, uh, you know, obviously they're both, you know, so Adrian's is one of the most passionate people you could ever find. Mm. Uh, obviously, you know, there's heated debate sometimes, but, uh, yeah, he's certainly... Uh, they're aligned in wanting the best precedent. So I don't think there's going to be any changes there. Uh, you know, I, I think Adrian would argue that it's hard for me 
pick players when I don't even know who the coach is, like what game style I want to play, what kind of player they want representing the side, you know, what, what they feel is missing. Because mm. um, sometimes you don't get the chance to pick the best player. You pick the player that is best going to suit that coach. So, um, you know, I, I'd be interested to see how that works. But obviously it would be impossible to sack Adrian now just mm. as we're going into a pivotal, you know, draft and, and uh, free agency period. And, mate, on that, do you think it's hurting our chances not having a coach that to be in the race for some of these really key players that have uh, actually become available? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting um, conversation because, yes, there's a lack of stability. Um, you'd have to say which, um, you know, if you're a young bloke or you were the manager of a young bloke uh, coming through, you'd be oh, might be a bit wary there. Um, however, I suppose recent experience tells us with Carlton uh, that they were still able to, um, you know, bring in Chera. They were able to bring in Hewitt. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously they've... They've gone quite well um, this year after, um, you, know, you know, bringing Vossi in very late. Um, so I guess we've got recent experience to say, you know, that's not not necessarily um, the case that it would hurt us. I mean, obviously you'd love to have a settled coaching lineup and all the rest of it, but it's just not the case currently. Um, so that that is an unknown. I wouldn't say... Um, it would be, um, you know, the, the be-all and end-all, but certainly would be a consideration, I, I would imagine. And the club would have to do a lot of work into, um, I suppose, building a bit of trust. Um, but look, yep, it doesn't look good, but uh, we're all aligned in this vision. Um, this is what we're, uh, we're proposing. This is what the vision that we're going to sell you as a potential player for us. Uh, so, again, another washy space for us. Yeah, now, so... Just on that, uh, we haven't really been linked to too many players uh, at the moment anyway. Uh, everything seems to be Collingwood, Richmond, Geelong. Yeah. You know, they're always linked to those mm. uh, players now coming into contract and Carlton's the other one. Um, so you know, the Carlton, Collingwood, Geelong and Richmond, they've been hogging all the players if you read all the papers. Yeah, they've got a monopoly on the market. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you look at it, the ones that we have been clearly identified as potential targets is Cam Zerha from, uh, you know, North Melbourne. Yep. Uh, you know, it was initially thought that when Clarkson was named, it would be, a, you know, just, it would just be a fatter complete that uh, he would sign up with mm. uh, North. But uh, still the money's an issue, I believe, and I think our offer may be a lot more. Uh, so, you know, whether North want to, come to the party there. So, like, he would certainly help us as a forward sense. Uh, basically, another player like Jake Stringer, isn't it, um, in in that the dynamic kind of players that can kick four or five goals in a game. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I think he'd certainly be a player that would really love to get to our club. And the other one, mate, that I thought had gone all quiet, but I was, I was pleased today to read that, um, Josh Dunkley still mm. hasn't signed the contract with, uh, with the Bulldogs. Now, there's strong reports that Port Adelaide are right into Josh Dunkley. His yep. missus plays over in Adelaide in the netball. Yep. Uh, but I was reading today in the paper and it said uh, Essendon have come hard again and uh, 
Josh is after a five-year deal. Mm. And considering our cap position, oh, I think we could play overs. And he's exactly the player we kind of need. I yep. think he could be a leader. Yep. Um, so I think, you know, as irresponsible as it might sound, you blow someone out of the water. You go the 850, 900, like similar to the Shield kind of deal. Yep. You offer that kind of money, you certainly get your a seat at the table in that kind of conversation. Not many clubs can can hold that. Mm. Um, and I just think with our positioning, we really need to go hard at a player like that yep. who can bring, you know, he's obviously been a premiership player himself, but also just another player that has real leadership capabilities. And yep. his game last week, mate, I don't know if you saw it, but oh, he's a great player and you know, I would certainly pay a lot of overs. And like people might scoff at that kind of amount, but that's the kind of amount we're going to have to pay in our position mm. to get a seat at that table. Yep. And sometimes you've got to do that. And we're not, we can't sell them the road to success yet because mm. we just haven't had that map. But yeah, you know, I certainly would uh, be, you know, all in for paying overs for a player like that. Yeah, and, I'd fully, um, I'd fully support that, James. Like, yes, he's a young player, like a. A, a good player at that, but he does have that leadership um, capacity. So um, he sort of ticks a number of boxes uh, for mine. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I, I don't, and it's widely believed um, you know, Zach Merritt will take over the captaincy um, at the end of the year. I, I bloody hope that's the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, so he'll need um, strong leaders um, with him. And, uh, you know, if that's something that, um, yeah, he can provide uh, Dunkley, um, all the better. Um, yeah, I'd be more than happy to go overs for, for someone like a, a Dunkley, a, a five-year uh, term to go that we're going to be fully invested with this bloke. Um, he does have that point of difference, like, as a as a midfielder, um, you know, in terms of, yeah, he's, he's a proven bloke who can go forward and kick goals as well. He's a real strong player too, mate. Like he, yeah. he'll he'll wear body contact, no problems, and yeah. and actually, you know, he's up for the fight. Yeah, so yeah, I'd, I'd fully support that. And you're right, James, to bring um, players in, particularly when we do have this, I suppose, uncertainty cloud over the club, uh, we are going to have to pay overs. I think that's a reality right now. Um, uh, we don't have a successful, um, you know. Uh, I suppose background in recent years to rely on like a like a uh, Richmond like a Geelong where they can pay unders but they can say well look yeah you're going to get less money with us um, but you're you're almost guaranteed finals um, you know with us so we don't have that uh, we are going to have to pay overs and I think he'd be absolutely the type of player we should be targeting and targeting hard. All right, well I think that's about all we can touch on. Uh... This episode, we'll have a break. We'll come back and we're going to have the female version of the Don's Cart Middle Votes, mate. Uh, just the up to, we'll just do three votes for um, for these games. Mm. We'll have a quick uh, break and come back with the uh, Don's Cart Middle Votes.
and you're listening to Dom's cast, and we're now discussing the game last night between uh, well, our very first game as AFLW side. Yes, the Bombers went on to beat the Hawks, mate, uh, 53 to 27, mm. and uh, it was much closer than the final scoreline for most of the game. Yep. Uh, really played with some real uh, vigour. There was a couple of times where you saw, you know, frustrations from both sides overlap. <laughs> and, um, yeah, really, really good. And I must say, like, the crowd are reporting around 12,000, but sounded much louder than that. Like, mm. There was real emotion in the crowd. And, yeah, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, watching my, you know, one of the first full games of football I've seen from the AFLW side. Um, mm. And... Yeah, really, I bought into it as soon as I saw the black and red. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I'm, I'm the same. Um, it was absolutely fantastic. And, yeah, as you say, like that quarter-time break, the girls were going at each other. Uh, it looked like a bit of Biffo was going to be about to sort of explode. Um, yeah, you talk about that line in the sand. Uh, you can almost imagine a derby, you know, walking through <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad he didn't. But, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. but uh, that was... It was fantastic. Certainly a lot of passion on display and, um, you yeah, know, love of the jumpers. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, for mine, um, yeah, talking about – because I, I wasn't aware of a lot of the rules, so I read up a little bit beforehand. Um, you know, a, a couple of really big um, changes for mine, uh, like how many, um, I suppose, players were on the field at one time. So it's 16 per side. Um, and effectively, um, you've got – yeah, where AFL has a six six six, you know, lineup or rule at the moment, uh, it's five six five um, in the VFL. So you've got, uh, I suppose, two, um, you know, yeah, kind of key forwards and key backs, if you'll call them that, um, and then the rest are sort of further up the ground, and uh, that's to, I suppose, eliminate a bit of congestion uh, that can sort of happen. Um, uh, Opened up the scoring, I think, too. Yeah, on. absolutely. Um, and also, like, the, the quarters only go 15 minutes each as opposed to the sort of 20-plus time on uh, that you get in uh, in AFL. Uh, and I think, you know, it looks like that works really well um, uh, because, yeah, while players did sort of tire towards uh, the end of the game, like, they both seem to run out the quarters um, really well. So it looks like, you know, over the years... Um, yeah, the AFLW or such, or VFLW, whatever you want to call it, like they they've learnt a lot, you know, over the experience of, um, you know, playing for a number of years. So, um, that sort of stuff looks like it's worked out really well. Um, and uh, yeah, so just watching the uh, the game play out, um, just how much they um they crack in um with the tackles. Like I was just looking through the stats, James, and um, fantastic. So. The tackle numbers are pretty high. Um, Essendon, as a total, uh, laid fifty-seven to Hawthorne sixty-one, um, and and with that, yeah, you know, you've got to say that uh, we had more of the football, not not by a lot, but two hundred and six disposals to their hundred and ninety. Um, so they were chasing a little bit more, um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I will say, in terms of the um, umpiring, um, probably no major change there. There was still a lot of poor calls on both sides. Um, yeah, we won the free kick count on the night. I don't think that will be consistent throughout the course of the season. But uh, yeah, twenty-five to sixteen. But again, like Hawthorne were playing a very aggressive brand of football, so I think uh, a couple of times they got a bit um, over ambitious or uh, over exuberant um, in their tackling, so they gave away a couple of threes. 
Um, but one thing I really liked about our side, particularly Jade, was just the way we moved the ball. And like, don't get me wrong, particularly that third quarter, I thought we used the ball pretty poorly. Um, but apart from that, we seem to have good structures and uh, good ability to sort of run for each other, create that option. And uh, that really has played out. You look at marks inside 50, we had 12 marks inside 50 to their three. Um, which is absolutely fantastic. So uh, if the AFLW can um, have a word in the ear of the AFL men's side, mm-hmm. um, that'd be fantastic because uh, that's certainly something that's been lacking uh, for our men, but the girls are absolutely fantastic. Yeah, they were. And I said it was easy to buy into the game. Uh, you know, good crowd. You know, and the girls you know, did us very proud. They, uh, you know, I've been looking forward to seeing... Uh, you know, Madison Presparkus and gee, she, uh, yeah, just her ferocity at the contest is oh, second to none that I saw out there. She's, you know, willed herself and, you know, she obviously had a, a corky on her thigh, um, which is quite evident. But, and she was actually in doubt for the game. I heard uh, Natalie Wood say to the uh, coach of the Bombers, and, uh, but, you know, nothing was going to stop her from playing and, Mm. You know, and then to see her perform the way she did is amazing. Um, yeah, you know, obviously being uh, new to watching these our ladies, um, obviously looked up our recent draft picks, and we actually had pick four in the draft, and, and that went to Amber Clark, and she played okay yesterday over you know, the first game. She got caught in a few tackles, mm. um, but then the one that really uh, pick eight for us was Paige Scott and. In the 32, mate, she was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, made some really nice kicks um, uh, on a number of occasions. Um, yeah, I think she sort of pointed out, um, you know, too good on a couple of occasions. She, she's a great mark, um, mm. I've got to say. So, um, no, as you say, mate, we've got some really good um, talent on the, on the list, um, as well as those, uh, I suppose, more proven players um, like your um, uh, Chris Parkers's. Yeah, and you know, and Bonnie too good. You know, one of her co-captains with seventy uh, k, and you know, they both performed really well. And you know, he said really good mark. Uh, too good is, and uh, you know, she, a couple of goals, and you know, she's going to be a real target for us. And yeah, you know, I just yeah you know, really liked the, the setup. And obviously next week we play Carlton, mate, and. Uh, I think it's actually a 10 past 11 game for the Blues, so uh, a bit earlier than the one just gone. But, uh, you know, the, the Blues lost to the Pies uh, on Thursday night, so they'll have a few extra days break. But uh, I think the girls are looking forward to playing the Blues, and, you know, both clubs have got a rivalry there too. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Matty Pusbarkas will uh, be <laughs> no doubt <clears throat> quite prominent in that, having come from the Blues in the last three years or so. Um, Georgia G as well. So yeah, so <laughs> I'm sure there'll be no love lost there. Um, the Blues uh, faithful, no doubt, want to uh, sort of give it to uh, the traders, as as I'm sure they will be known. Um, yeah. And that's the thing I, I quite like, James. You know, as you know, I mentioned before, you know, football is very tribal, and um, you know, you you always uh, you know hate a player that that leaves and goes to another club. So I expect and. Um, I almost hope for a bit of booing from the um, uh, yeah, the Carlton because that shows people are invested, and I think um, yeah, for mine, 
I think the AFLW is absolutely missed a trick by, I suppose, delaying the entry of clubs like Hawthorne and, and Essendon. Don't get me wrong, like we've had to get our house in order, um, you know, more generally, let alone in terms of the VFLW than AFLW. So we've had a bit to do with the background. But, um, yeah, the, the passion, the history that those clubs have, uh, I think they've sort of missed a trick there in, in getting the fans engaged um, as early as possible. Uh, but now that they are, it uh, can only be a good thing. Um, so, yeah, uh, absolutely fantastic um, you know, brand of footy, I thought, James. And, um, yeah, there was, I suppose, the only part of the game where we really broke away was that fourth quarter because otherwise it was, it was fairly neck and neck. And even though the, the scoring uh, was lower, um, it certainly didn't lower the level of excitement and um, intensity of the game for mine, James. I don't know how you felt, but certainly there was no point where I was sitting there uh, bored. And, uh, yeah, I do feel for Dave Barham, who was uh, yeah, obviously caught on camera having a bit of a yawn. Um, <laughs> he's, obviously had, he's obviously had a big week. Uh, big couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I don't think that yawn was from boredom. Um, yeah. uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I was uh, yeah really excited and, uh, yeah, very interested in the game. And, um, yeah, it's a great spectacle for mine. And, um, yeah, long may it continue at that level. Yeah, well, as my wife said, uh, at least you've got a team to follow deep into September. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, obviously, and beyond, because uh, obviously it's a 10-game season, I believe, and, and finals. So, you know, which is a bit better than when the ladies first played. They used to play, you know, right through the summer heat. Like, yeah. You know, it would have been a tough go. And I think their aim is to eventually get it played, you know, side by side with the men's comp. Um but I, I think they can own this little patch, you know, obviously not the finals period, but I, I mean, you know, that October, November, um, you know, they can really own that um, mm. and get some real interest there if uh, obviously they can still get the grounds and so forth. Um, obviously, we know cricket season comes in as well. So some of the grounds are hard to obtain, but yeah. I'm sure they could manage it. It might be hard with nine games a, a week, but... Uh, it be interesting to see what the comp does going forward. So, yeah, well, as long as they're not coming up against the uh, Windy Hill Bowls Club, mate. <laughs> um, well, they never lose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but just on that, James, I, I, I did want to say, like, with the AFLW, they've done it really smartly in uh, you know, kicking off the season in this sort of bye week before the finals because, um, obviously, still people are still investing in their footy club and yeah, looking forward to finals and um, having the AFL. W there, people go, oh, maybe I'll I'll turn that on and and have a look. And I think um you know it's it's been a pretty enthralling um round. And I think a lot of people would have got around it. Whereas, you know, at other times of the year, perhaps there wouldn't be as much engagement. So I, I think you know this was a really well timed um start of the season. Yeah, I agree. Uh let's give our votes, mate. Uh, I've got a feeling we're gonna pick the same because um <clears throat> Yeah, obviously, I thought there was three standouts, but uh, yep. I'm interested to hear your votes. You go for yours, mate. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, there were three standouts um, for mine. Um, yeah, I'll go from the, the bottom, as always. Um, uh, so with a one vote, I went for Paige Scott. As you said, mate, um, like young player, but uh, she absolutely um, yeah, showed a lot throughout the game. Actually racked up 16 disposals. Um and, and three tackles and kicked a nice goal, um, which is fantastic to see. She she just seems a real goer. Um, 
and you're quite skillful with ball in hand, I'd have to say. Uh, so uh, that was good to see. He took four marks as well, which is great. Um, two votes. I went for uh, Bonnie Too Good. I thought, um, yeah, she really is too good, mate. And um, yeah, towards the end of the game, she had the ball about 35, 40 metres out on the boundary. She nearly bloody dubbed it. Um, yeah, if there wasn't a defender on the goal line, she yeah would have sailed through. So that was fantastic. She racked up the 15 disposals um, in the end, two goals, uh, took seven marks, um, was a real presence um, aerially. And she actually used her body quite smartly. Um, you know, obviously the uh, the uh, sort of Hawthorne um, uh, defender uh, down there, um, yeah, I was taking you know, quite a number of um, marks on us. Uh, what I mean, Stevenson. Um, I can't remember uh, which one it was, but um, certainly was. Uh, she was quite a good defender and uh, body too good to use the body to, uh, I suppose, get in front of her, uh, not allow her to get a, a fist in to punch the ball away. So I thought body too good was um, was fantastic. And obviously, those two goals. Uh, go pretty well. Um, but yeah, three votes had to go to uh, Madison Presparkas. Absolutely fantastic. 26 uh, disposals for the game. And that's, you know, at least 10 above uh, the next camera uh, of Paige Scott. Um, and so 16 kicks, 10 handballs, four marks, uh, two tackles and, uh, and a goal. But I think the it, it was really how she went about it. Like, as I sort of mentioned earlier, she was uh, down back helping out defence. Um, uh, she was, you know, through the wings in the midfield trying to get us going forward, and then uh, yeah, to sail forward at the end and uh, kick that goal was absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, a brilliant game from Presparkus, and uh, uh, yeah, great start uh, to her career with the Essendon Football Club. So three votes. How about yourself, mate? How'd you read it? Well, exactly the same, mate. I had the same. So um, I did a. Obviously, three for Madison Chris and I really love uh, after the game was emotional, and she was asked the question, you know, you know what what's done it, and she said, you know, it's such a privilege of playing for the team that you know, I've buried for my whole life, and you know, it's just a privilege to play for the Essendon Football Club, and mm. wouldn't we like to hear that from our men, you know, like to really mm. wear pride in their jumper, and you know, not think it's just you know something that you get just for the chance to do you actually want to do it and uh mm. you know you can certainly hear madison's voice that she wanted to do that yeah bonnie too good I, again i love that you know seven marks i think she took mate and mm. a couple of goals and yeah she's a real presence up forward mm. she's really good and yeah Paige scott really uh you know she started the game like a bang and uh you know that first quarter I couldn't believe that she was the first uh, game player who'd just been drafted at pick eight. Mm. You know, she really uh, stood out. And, uh, a really good game for her. So you know, it's funny that we, we did highlight the same players. And that's not to say there was only three good players. Because, you know, um, as you said, uh, Stephanie Kane, I think her name is, uh, she was yep. really good in that second half. Uh, mm. So, and, the, you know, there were so many players that did a great job down back. Um, Elise Gamble, I think her name was. She was, yeah, trying to trying to invest it. Yeah, she come back from pretty bad ankle surgery. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it'd be really interesting watching the girls going forward. Yeah, one. Uh, I just want to say quickly, one uh, player I was really looking forward to seeing was Federica Fru. 
Um, mm. So she was huge in the VFLW and kicked a number of goals. I was really looking forward to seeing her play. And she seems a bit like the, yeah, the Jakey Stringer of the AFLW side. Um, unfortunately, she had a bit of a mare on the night. Um, mm. You know, anytime she looked at, you know, picking up the footy, she she fumbled it. Um, you know, her shots and goal were, um, you know, not not the best on the night. But, I mean, you you got to have those games. I'm no doubt she would have had quite a lot of nerves, you know, going from VFLW to AFLW's, um, you know, quite a big jump in terms of uh, the speed and pressure of the game, all the rest of it. So she didn't have that time that she was probably used to. Um at BFLW level. Um, so I'm sure she'll come good, kick a few goals. Um, wasn't exciting. Um, yeah, quite exciting in the VFLW, so I'm sure she'll get that um, back in the near future. Obviously, there were solid players like Catherine Phillips. Um, yeah, just seemed a, a real steady head um, when uh, when Hawthorne were really sort of pressuring us. Um, yeah, quite a lot of solid players. I'm sure we'll talk about them more as the season goes on. And um I suppose just on that, Jam. Um, you know, obviously before we didn't have plans to, um, you know, do podcasts for the AFLW. But uh, no, I'm watching the game. Mate. I was I was really excited for them. I'm sort of pretty invested in it now. So um, yeah, I think we will do um, you know, more episodes on the AFLW and certainly um, you know, the events around the club as well. So ties in well with um, you know. Uh, keep us engaged with uh, what's happening at the club. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing the development of this uh, season as it goes along. Yeah, so that's, uh, I was going to say, that's our plan going forward. We'll, uh, yeah, obviously this podcast uh, won't be as long um, generally because, uh, you know, we're going to just be discussing what's been discussed that week within the club. And, uh, you know, at this stage, I, I don't think a whole heap of news will come out, but, um, yeah, you know, in this in the next little period, but we'll still be there to report what we do here, and also obviously we'll keep an eye on the girls' team. So, yeah, we're going to keep our podcast going just over these uh, this next uh, period, and probably conclude around uh, the draft, mate, uh, which will be, you know, basically in November. So, yeah, keep us busy for the next few months, mate. Absolutely, mate. Uh, so. Hopefully the listeners uh, get on board and, and please do um, yeah, give us some feedback. Let us know what you reckon or you know, if there's um, you know, things you want us to talk about, um, things you want us to shut up about, um, all, all of the above. Um, yeah, certainly do send us that feedback, whether it's through the um, you know, uh, Bomber Blitz, um, you know, when Jane puts up the link there, um, you know, whether it's through the uh, Gmail um, you know, donscastpod at gmail.com. Um, uh, yeah, happy to listen to any and all um, feedback. And thanks again for, for listening. It's been uh, it's been great, um, you know, to have that feedback. I've, I've noticed, Jame, a couple of comments on uh, on Blitz especially. Um, people say they, they have enjoyed the uh, podcast because uh, sometimes it, you know, it can feel like we're just rabbiting and rotting and you're like, oh, geez, do people actually want to listen to this? Because we do have that tendency to um, go on and on, mate. Um, but uh, it's great that people do um, get around it. And then I suppose enjoy another perspective, uh, whether you agree with us or not. Um, uh, yeah, we're, we're just passionate uh, Bomber supporters and um, just love talking about the club and the team and uh, success and the lack of um, it's a good outlet for us. So um, yeah, thanks people for uh, uh, for tuning in. Yeah, we really do appreciate it.
Uh, okay, so we'll finish up here. And, uh, yeah, look forward to the uh, AFLW game next week against the Blues. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if we can pick up a second win and see how Madison, uh, Chris Barkas and Georgia G cope with uh, any uh, you know, bad blood between uh, the club and the Blues, which <laughs> usually happens when there's some players come. Absolutely. But um, until next week, go Bombers. Go Dons.